Welcome to Project Chatter, the podcast where PPM experts from various sectors talk about the latest trends. Listen to Val and Dale as they talk about tried and tested best practices and share their unfiltered thoughts about the industry. Whether you're here to learn how to progress your career, improve your project control skills, or just want to hear an Aussie and South African rant about projects, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Project Chatter podcast with your hosts, Dale Fung and Val Matthews. This podcast is brought to you by Innate. We hear it from our podcast guests frequently. Today's capital projects require the highest degree of visibility. That's why we at the Project Chatter podcast want to tell you about construction project management software from Innate. It's software that integrates every aspect of your project and puts you in control. Innate's cloud-based solutions provide a connected data flow that improves efficiency and guides better outcomes across the entire project lifecycle. See what Innate software can do for your next construction project. Learn more at innate.com. That's I-N-E-I-G-H-T dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Plan Academy. Is your company proactive when it comes to scheduling? Many companies believe project schedules are just the requirements of the contract, but companies looking to gain an advantage strategically manage their project timeline, resources, and budget. Plan Academy helps construction companies improve their project controls through immersive online training courses. At Plan Academy, your team can learn construction, planning and scheduling theory, how to master scheduling software like Primavera P6, and even advanced scheduling techniques. Plan Academy's courses are 100% online and can save your company thousands when compared to costly in-person training. Visit planacademy.com forward slash chatter to download course outlines and talk to a training specialist now. Hi everyone, this episode is brought to you by Just Do. Just Do is a portfolio project management tool we've been using at Project Chatter. Whilst all other systems cater for small teams, Just Do caters for teams large and small, plus it has no set hierarchies, meaning your structure, your platform, your workflow. I agree, Val. While Just Do is simple to use, it also has a lot of powerful functionality. My favorite is the task-specific chat. Yes, and for all you slackers out there, don't wait for Monday. Do check out justdo.com. Now on with the pod. In this episode, we are joined humbly by uh, Bryn Lockett and Adam Kingsbury, and we talk about the launch of the Integrated Project Control and Digital Insight Report. Bryn is the CEO and co-founder of Logical, and Adam is the head of Logical's technology solutions business unit. Now, they got in touch with us, Val, to say we'd love mm. to launch this in partnership with the Project Chatter podcast, and we were extremely humbled that they did that. Um, it's Indeed. been great for, for a number of years, but this year was particularly interesting because we've just come out of you know this whole pandemic, or well, not come out of it, but we've had this pandemic spell hit and it's quite interesting insights. What were your favorite bits? Look, I'm going through it now. I mean, we got a little bit of a sneak peek, didn't we, into the actual report? And this isn't out there in the public yet, but if you do listen to the show notes, you should see a link there soon. Uh, look, I love the idea that they've included a few different pieces in this particular survey, different to the previous ones around the digital engineering aspect of like BIM 4D. We talked about AI. BI reporting and dashboards. I think these are really prevalent and relevant things that are happening on projects all around the world. And this is a global survey as well. So I really like the fact that this is kind of a spectrum of sectors, services, and it's people's opinions, you know, we're really getting a nice spread. So, and as they were telling us, so, you know, this is the largest of its kind, the largest project control survey in the world. So we're really, really excited to be sharing and launching this uh, on behalf of Bryn and Adam. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, they'd respondents from all, literally all over the world, every single continent responded. Um, so, and, and also various organization types, contractors, consultancies, clients, freelance as well. So it, it covers it all. And I think the growth of the report was interesting as well. So they have had a, a bigger uptake and um, hopefully more and more of you will get involved. So folks uh, have an amazing listen to Bryn and Adam and what they have to share and then get your hands on the report after you've listened to the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, project people. Welcome to a new episode of the Project Chatter podcast. And remember to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast player or check us out on YouTube and you can see our lovely friendly faces. I'm not sure about mine, but yours maybe, Dale. Um, Dale, how are you? How's the weather over there in the UK? I'm well, thank you. Um, you have a friendly face as well, Val. Don't be so hard oh, on yourself. Um, when I shave, yes. Maybe. You had a test the other day, which was interesting. But yeah, the weather, uh, the weather is fantastic. I was saying just before we hit record, the UK is going to have a heat wave. Brace yourself, Australians. It's going to be 30 degrees. Um, that Stop is it. very, very hot in the UK um, for those that are not aware. But yeah, it's great. We have summer maybe for a week or two. Awesome. Awesome. Or well, hopefully you get out there and there's not too much lockdown happening. Uh, we are joined by some very special guests today. A very exciting topic. I can't wait to get into it because, you know, there's numbers involved. Uh, we are joined today by Bryn Lockett and Adam Kingsbury. How are you guys going? Bryn, how are you? Fantastic. Thank you. It's uh, nice to be here again, guys. I'm, I'm really well. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. And Adam, first timer, how are you? Uh, very well, thanks. Nice to meet you all. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this uh, sunny weather coming up in London. Yeah, we keep rubbing it in. I'm in Melbourne, so we're still cold. I've got the heater on right now, but uh, we'll have our turn. We'll have our turn. But let's get into this. I mean, this subject is so fascinating. You guys have been doing such a great job, you know, year after year. Uh, getting this out there and getting us some really interesting insights from all, all, all sorts of industries across all sorts of sectors. And I think, you know, firstly, I just want to say thank you for doing that. Uh, Dale and I are big fans of this. I think it's something that we need to continue and we're massive advocates for shared knowledge and paying it forward. So we really appreciate the efforts that your team's doing. Now let's get into this. I would love to know about this change of name. So we're going from I think it was just the traditional project controls survey, tell me if I'm wrong, to the integrated project controls survey. So the marketing team came up with a new title. Is that right, Bryn? They have. They've done fantastically well. No, it's, it, it is actually, it's more the, it's, it's more the uh, you, you've half got it right, Val. So, so we sort of, we, we ah. moved to the integrated project controls piece, but then we, the, the additional focus was the uh, and, and digital insights piece. And it's kind of just recognized. And digital insights, actually. okay. The, the world that we work in is, is and you'll, you'll sort of see as the report comes out this year, there's actually been quite a significant step change in, in, in the amount of digital that's sort of uh, the, the digital step up, I guess, in industries. So, uh, so yeah, so the, the, there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a sort of a shift, I think, in terms of the, the focus of the, um, the focus of the survey moving forward as part of that. So. Yeah, brilliant. And whose idea was it, Adam? Whose idea was it this new title? Uh, I think I'm going to have to sort of handball that one to Bryn. I, I, I'm going to blame him for for, for the, the naming rights. But uh, no, it's it's something I've certainly been been saying that we need to to sort of look into more, particularly with my focus in the in the business on on the technology and innovation side as well. So it's good to see that it's it's something that we can 
shed a bit more light onto. I, I completely agree. And look, I, you know, not to, to tease you, I mean, I really do actually think that it's a really good idea you've changed the name to include, again, diversity of thought, but then in, inclusivity of various different things that are impacting pretty much every project on the planet. Uh, and aptly named because of COVID and other kind of worldly things, I think there's a massive adoption and, and kind of speed to some of these um, uh, technologies like what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into the technologies, uh, I just want to ask, is, is this project controls survey uh, ever going to stop? Are you planning to continue this for a long period of time? How long before you get sick of doing surveys? I just want to know. Um, so let me say first, actually, before I say that, I, I just want to quickly say, by the way, so, so one of the, one of the different things that we're doing this year is obviously is, is the launch is, is a bit different. So we're actually, we're coming to you guys who are equally sort of, you know, putting, dedicating your time and putting your time into sort of getting, you know, sharing learnings and, and the likes within industry. So we thought this year it'll be, it'll be a, just a great opportunity to kind of team up. So it was a team up and, and, and sort of do the launch with yourself. So, so thank you for, for letting us do that. And, and we're, we're pleased to be sort of equally sort of, you know, work with you guys who all of us sort of given given back a little bit to industry which is uh, which is great um so the question in terms of how long how long do we sort of keep doing it i think it, as long as it changes and as long as we sort of as long as we move with industry and ideally sort of help shape industry i, I sort of you know it's it's one of the it's a space that we want to continue to be in there's times when uh, when you sort of find yourself asking the same question or answering the same question where you sort of go oh, bloody hell we've got to move on from uh, we got to move on from asking this again type thing, but uh, yeah. it sort of it is yeah. one of those things. I was sort of I jumped back into a into a into a survey from a couple of years back uh, just over the last few days because there was just some really interesting stats that was coming that was that I was looking for that was available from the survey. And I was like, oh, we're going to have that. We need to ask that question in that way again next year, actually, so we can kind of do a comparator uh, with regards to with that one was around systems and the use of systems and who was using what. So we kind of it's time that we come back to that. Mm -hmm question and see that step change so so uh, yeah so as long as we don't you know we've got to change it because otherwise it's dull but uh so we just got to keep you know keep incrementally changing it so we can kind of see industry movement and change uh whilst you know keeping it fresh and uh as well yeah Mike. no it's great it's a good answer and I'll, I'll get adam in there in a second i think just the other question to follow up is um is that this survey i mean if anyone hasn't seen it or heard it or read it or even been part of it you know contributed to it this is the is this the largest project control survey out there? I mean, I don't want to claim anything yet, but I think, you know, in terms of its uniqueness and its coverage, I think this is is pretty well, one of the biggest I've seen out there that's that's free and available. Is that right? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go to Carlsberg and just sort of say probably the biggest project control survey in the world. Uh, so yeah, no, it is. It's I think we well, we haven't come across any others. We have spotted a few other, you know, we've spotted a number of the sort of the, the, the bigger consultancies now sort of getting out there and, and testing the market a little bit. So which is fantastic. Um, so you know, the more the more we sort of get out there, the more that you know people sort of uh, share their voice, share their learnings. Uh, that for me, that's all. Uh, that's all good. But yeah, so we're, we're probably one of the uh, one of the longer one of the longer surveys that's been around uh, with that with that sort of that niche focus on the control space. So yeah. Excellent. So we do actually have four people in the project control space on this podcast. So it's going to get very technical and geeky. I'm going to hand off to Dale before I get into the, the digital side of things, Bryn and Adam, because there is a lot to, to dip into. We do have a copy of the report. I'm not sure when it's going to be released yet, uh, but we will kind of cover everything we can without giving too much away because we, we do want people to still have a look at this report. It's fantastic. So Dale, over to you. 
Thanks, Phil. Yeah, no, that is fascinating. I love the, the the name change as well. And just looking at some of the survey respondents, you know, it is truly global. But over 50%, 58% from Europe. That is amazing. Is is that telling in terms of, have you looked into why such a huge amount of respondents from, from Europe? Oh, I've got a view on it, but I'll let Adam have yeah. a go first at that one. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I think the, the, the reality is that the, you know, the survey has been driven from logical and obviously uh, our first uh, port of call when we're asking people to, to, to build this up is, is from the contacts we have. So you know, it's naturally going to be centred around Europe and Australia and, and in Asia where we have you know, a, a market presence primarily. Um, but I think it's interesting to see as, as it you know, each year goes, uh, we're getting more and more respondents coming through from you know, other regions of the world as it starts to sort of reach out into you know, the, the broader contact list of, of other project controls professionals. Yeah, I'd, I'd sort of, I guess I'd second that. We've, uh, I think it's probably a little bit indicative of the, of the, 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 the I guess, brand awareness. You know, we're only small, but, but, but in the UK uh, and Europe, we have, we, we've probably got a slightly stronger brand than we do in Australia as well. Australia is sort of emerging. So, yeah, so I think that's partially indicative of, uh, of, of the, the survey respondents as well. Awesome. Awesome. So hopefully um, through this podcast, you have a much bigger presence because mm. everyone will now know of the survey um, yeah, that are listening. And we do have a big reach in the US as well. So hopefully those um, in the US will pick that up. I also want to touch on, Bryn, you did mention about, you know, um, growing the industry and paying it forward as well. And a huge, you know, um, part of what we do on the podcast is around charity. And for every survey you did donate or um equivalent to one pound um and how, what was the total that was donated uh so in in, in fairness when i say it like this it sounds very small because it, it was uh, we had we only had a, we had a, just over a thousand a, a thousand respondents so uh, so we donated just over a thousand uh, just over a thousand quid so so that was um you know a thousand quid is a thousand quid I, when i when i hear it like that uh, i kind of go ah we could have you know we could have done more type thing but it, it's part of a, a broader uh Paying it forward piece, I guess, with the pledge one percent thing. So this isn't the only thing we give to, but it's uh, but this is just one one element of it. So the pledge one percent, I'm not sure if people know about that, but that's sort of that's that's all around sort of putting you know one percent of your profits into mm. back into back into the sort of the paying it forward space, really. So well, yeah. it's, it is truly amazing to make you feel any better if you convert that to South African rand. It's probably just under twenty thousand <laughs> rand. So that is that is awesome. Um, Thanks. Uh, that makes you feel better. So. Adam, and then just looking at organizational types, it's quite an even split between contractors, consultancies, and client owners. Mm. Is there anything to read into that? Or is that just, again, just who responded? I, I think that's really just who responded. Again, you know, because we, we touch on, on each of those, 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 those different uh, spectrums in, in the jobs that we do, uh, that's what we're seeing come through. I think actually probably the most reassuring thing to see out of that is that it is a relatively even spread. It actually gives you a bit more confidence in the fact that there are differing perspectives coming through on the survey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting. I mean, I don't want to give away all the stats. You know, folks listening to this or watching it on YouTube, get your hands on it. Um, do we have a launch date of when it's going to be made available? Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, my understanding is that we'll, uh, we'll 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 make it available as of uh, as of next week. So you guys got a lucky early copy, just so you could uh, you just so you could have a look and ask some questions around it. So lucky you nice. guys. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, but for, for for the rest of the world, it'll uh, it'll be launched uh, off the back of uh, off the back of the airing of this session. So, uh, which I believe is uh, yeah yeah off the back of the airing of this session. Awesome, that is amazing, and thank you for giving us an, an early copy. Right. So before we get into AI, I just want to um, touch on one of the key findings that I find quite astonishing. I mean, maybe I'll come to you for this one, Adam. Only twenty two percent of projects have skilled teams fully integrated processes and systems only 22 percent i find that jaw dropping um i'd actually say you know fully integrated is is the key word on that one um uh, in general experience i will actually i'm not too surprised by that I, I i think actually that number has been increasing over the years that we've been watching the survey space um and that's that's actually the, the key takeaway there is is that people are starting to see the value of fully integrated, and and it pays plays out in the numbers that we see as far as the distribution of successful versus unsuccessful projects within each of those different bands. You know, um, if you're working in a fully integrated project control space, you've got a head and, and on top of how your processes work. You know what training you need for your people you know what information you need. And, and it's actually the fact that you've, you've gone through that pain is actually why you're performing well. You, you've, you've you know, looked under the hood of what you're actually trying to deliver. And, and that's truly the value of project controls is actually making sure that you've got everything on lock as to what you're doing in that space. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. good points. I'd, I'd, I'd sort of, can I just build on that, Dad? Because I, I sort of think, um, I completely agree with that, obviously, but uh, but but it, but in terms of one of the things I'm excited about at the moment with where with where industries at is is a lot of sort of most regions that we're working in is really is is really sort of focused on collaboration, getting 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 clients and contractors working better together. Uh, so collaboration and transparency uh, and building 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 trust uh, both ways within that uh, within the sort of the, the key relationships there, and I just. So for me, the I'll bring it back to your to your point. But uh, for me, the, the key there is the fact that actually, you know, that is that togetherness, that is that sort of those those regular touch points and the like. So, and and for me, controls is is a massive enabler of that, uh, and and it's an enabler of that in an environment where actually those processes and the systems are integrated to to encourage and encourage those touch points within the different functions. Uh, uh, and the likes, and between the between the different parties uh, that that are involved in projects. So, um, so I'm I'm very pleased to see industry going that way. I think it's the right way for industry industry to be going, and I'm very pleased that we're in a space that actually is a massive enabler of uh, of, of those positive behaviours as well. Yeah, yeah. Think, you know, it's also fair to say that you know, um, the engineering construction space has traditionally not been uh, you know a, a highly tech technologically forward looking industry, at least as far as the IT space goes. I know, you know, there's a lot of innovative stuff they do on, on the, the actual hard engineering side, but bringing some of the, the, the latest stuff in and, and the latest processes and systems has has somewhat lagged behind other, other industries, particularly IT and you know, finance and places like that. So the that that's also sort of telling in that, that fully integrated space as well, I believe. Yeah, awesome. I agree. I, I'll jump in there as well. I think the you know the, the really good thing about this pack, this survey. I was going to say this pack, like a slide deck. <laughs> uh, this this pack is is you do include a little bit around diversity and inclusivity, which is great. 
you know, your packet, your survey, I'll say that again, is actually, you know, evolving over time and not just looking at um, data and technology, but you're also including the people part, which, you know, we know on projects is really, really important. Yeah, no, it good is. points. Good points. Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Brent. Yeah. No, I was going to say it is. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I do remember we, when we actually wanted, it was probably a survey maybe two years ago that we launched. And that was, I think that was one of the first years we, we included diversity uh, diversity in the mix with the uh, with the questions. And this was the London launch, actually. But uh, it's one of those things. We um, we, we focus, we uh, well, this year we've broadened out a little bit, but uh, but historically we've, we've had, it was very much a gender gender diversity point and, and 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 off the back of that launch and you know quite a few people sort of said look it's not just you know it's not just gender and it sort of just kept bringing us back to that point which is very true it's just you know it's diversity in thought which comes with a lot of various forms of forms of uh, diversity basically so uh, so we've tried to broaden out from that a little bit this year but uh, but obviously it's you know you can, you, can, you can go a long way with that actually so yeah all and, interesting yeah, I, interesting I was stats. just going to jump in there with that sorry mate one no, more go for that. It. just because you know Brendan and I go on forever you know we we, we have long <laughs> conversations we, but I was going to say I, I think this evolution we're seeing this this language is really good because it used to be there was a discussion about kind of um, quality of outcome and and you know other other interesting facets but this this diversity of thought I think we've hit the nail on the head I think that's the way to describe it that's exactly what we want we want diversity of thought because that drives new ideas and new behaviors and new culture and inclusivity. And, and I think that's the, the mixing bowl we need for that culture. That's the bit that I think will help people, you know, join the construction industry uh, and, and kind of play it, make it a little bit more of a level playing field. Yeah. Agreed. It removes Very the majority. Down. Yeah. I'll stop. I'll stop. Go, Dale. Over to you. <laughs> Gentlemen, this, this is a talk show, so don't stop talking. You know, it's help. great. Everyone wants to talk at the same time. This is fantastic. But I just wanted to jump back and just on that word, and I think you mentioned it, Adam, fully integrated. Now, a lot of people hear this. What does it actually mean? Is it just the processes and systems, just the tech side? Or as Bryn alluded to, is it also that collaboration, the team around it? What does fully integrated actually mean, one? And two, can we truly ever be fully integrated with the advance of technology, with AI and all these various other aspects coming in, diversity of thought? If we truly fully, fully integrated, then you'd imagine there's an absolute, but it seems infinite. So I just want to challenge that one a little bit, Adam. No, I guess you know, pro probably when we're looking at what do we term fully integrated in, in, in the analysis, it's probably just looking more at your, your, the traditional elements of what is you know, in, in that sort of project controls wheelhouse. So you know, looking at your, your cost and your schedule and your risk and et cetera, and how, how does that all fit together? Um, absolutely, it's always going to be a, a moving target as to what needs to be fully integrated into the piece. And, and even if you look at you know, a large scale project and what you need integrated now for early phase development versus what you need integrated later when you're in full construction, Actually, even that can change. Um, you know, the, the stuff that you need to analyze and report is vastly different if you're managing you know, design deliverables versus what you actually want to see when you're you know, putting stuff in the ground. So um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one to, to really pick apart a little bit more as to, to what do we mean when we say fully integrated. I think the other part of that is uh, it's not just the systems. It is the processes and the people and the training has to be part of that package because you don't have anyone driving it and none of it works anyway. So that's you know, one that we, we rabbit on about quite a lot you know, when we're talking with our clients. 
Yeah, no, very interesting. Brenda, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, I'd sort of say uh, it's, I guess, Adam's point about it, not, it's not just systems piece. So it's sort of in my head, it was like, it's not just me, actually. So, 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 it, uh, and I think that's the sort of thing. It's sort of, it's just, it, it, it isn't just me. It's, it, it's important that I understand what my neighbor's doing, what the guy over the other side of the desk is doing type thing. And, and, and it's, and it's about, it is about just encouraging those touch points and, and making sure the right people are having the right discussions at the right time and, uh, and, and, and the likes basically. So, uh, cause it's still, I still find it amazing when you go into projects and uh, or, or go into organizations and, <clears throat> and, and different departments that, should be talking to each other are just not and and and, and it's, it's just it's just amazing so um so anyway so but but, it, but it's still there and that, that's the thing that sort of surprises me because it's like surely this is surely this is project delivery 101 type thing but actually everyone gets and i think it's a little bit of human nature everyone's not deliberately sort of being uh you know sort of going screw everyone else it's all about me but but inherently they just sort of their focus on what they're what they're trying to do and they sort of forget the importance of of the the sort of the, the need to basically be sharing what they're doing with others and, and, and understanding what others need from them as part of that process and the like. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. yeah I think I think the other side of that coin as well is is if if you know people are trying to 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 make the project successful but things are starting to to go go a bit wrong, then people start to close close ranks as well and you actually end up uh, siloed again. So you've got to you've got to continually remind people why it's important to be engaging across the different functions and, and making sure they're aware of, of each other's needs. Yeah, that's interesting. Agreed. As you say, as the pressure draws in, you know, those, those things that you think you should be doing, you forget about them um, mm. because focus goes solely onto the problem areas. But then that leads me into, I, I guess, the people and capability part of the, the, the report. And again, projects with a poor standard of skills level are three and 3.4 times more likely to fail. So that's very, very telling. We won't go into that. There's a whole piece. People go ahead, grab, grab a, a copy of the survey because we do want to head onto AI. Now, Val and I discussed this uh, on, on another podcast where AI can stand for anything. It can stand for all in. It can stand for Adam integrated. It can stand for anything. What do we mean in about AI um, in this report, Brent? I'm, I'm actually I'm passing over to Adam actually on this one. AI is a topic. I mean, I like it, and I can see I can completely understand why people get uh, people get very excited about it. I can completely uh, when I look at the mess of my head, I can completely understand with, if I put a little computer in there and got it working instead, it'd probably do a much better job. But uh, but Adam is uh, Adam is better placed to uh, to answer that. So let me pass it yeah. to him. Well, I, I think actually, to be, to be honest, within the, the, the survey itself, we were pretty broad on, you know, we didn't provide an, or offer a definition of what we classed as AI. We asked the respondents to, to identify whether or not there was any AI initiatives uh, related to project controls that they're, you know, either delivering right now or, or intending to do so somehow in, in, you know, in, the, in the near future or long term. Uh, as purely for that fact is, is you know, what do we even mean by AI within the construction industry? There's so many different you know, factors that you can look at, um, you know, be it engineering you know, uh, and you know, big data type uh, data streams coming in off your site. And then you've got like you know, automatic number plate recognition for tracking your, your emissions. 
Uh, or it could be down to you know the stuff that I'm, we're still not seeing a lot of, but like actually AI in in project planning and scheduling. So, you know, uh, what what's the right right definition there? It, it's very hard to say. Um, yeah, a lot so of it's I interesting we, though. Yeah, and I think we can't we can't badge it as yeah as as, mm. as, as essentially smart technologies uh, from yeah. as, as a sort of a, as a broad capture point. So. Yeah. No, it, it is interesting and it, and it, it does depend on perspective because we're, we're just chatting um, mm. to a guest and who's saying, well, you know, if you went back in time and those planners that were using a pen and paper to draw out a schedule uh, or even just look at data and then you showed them Excel, they'd be like, wow, that's AI. <laughs> you know, it's about perspective. So yeah, it is. <laughs> It's amazing, but okay. So, so we, we've come to sort of the surveys perspective on um, what AI is or isn't. What was interesting about it, Adam? What were the results that came in? What can we draw from these um, these uh, data points? Well, uh, you know, I think um, probably the, the the biggest thing for me is is the the numbers bear out as far as it's still not really hugely prevalent within the industry. Um, and what I drew from it really was for those that are using it right now, if you look at the, the, the type of project they were on, how successful they were, how integrated they were, they're the projects that are you know, right at the top of the, 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 the chart. You know, they've got everything sorted. And, and the reality is for me that you kind of need to have a, a pretty good handle on a lot of your basic project controls, functions, and information handling requirements before you, you start to draw the value of, of AI. So I think you know, that confirmed for me what I, uh, what I believe to be the case. Um, but it also gives us you know, uh, some good justification and reasoning behind why do we need to, to, to do better in, in even the basics of controls and, and why that needs to be a common driver. If you want to you know, really use this stuff and, and, and draw the benefits, then let's start talking about and making a plan around what we do to bring our orgs up to you know the next level of maturity. Interesting, interesting. Brent, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think yeah, it was pleasing to see actually the results. So actually, because as, as much as just there's, there's a relatively small percent uh, that are that are actually using uh, currently using uh, AI, the actual the the, the percentage that of people that sort of recognise the fact that recognise it as something, whereas previously I think I think it. You, know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have really heard that but there's quite a significant proportion that aren't using it now but can see themselves using it within the next five years and that's a bit i find uh, that's you know that's for me that's a reflection of people's uh sort of acceptance of technology i guess to a degree and, and they're, they're sort of understanding that actually technology is coming there's there's no longer a fear for it basically and there's much more sort of a uh, much more, you know, interest in actually looking at how technology can help us deliver projects and the like better. But, but I would reinforce Adam's point. I think there's uh, with 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 good data, there'll be amazing things that uh, that we can do with uh, with with uh, with smart systems. Yeah. Uh, but but my, my 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 feeling is that we're away we're a while away from that. We've got to we've got a period we've got to we've got to sort of go through a period of sort of data in you know being more transparent with that data, making sure that actually it is reflecting reality so that we can learn and develop from it rather than uh, misrepresenting our data to tell, to tell a story that we want to tell, which isn't actually the, the case. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think 
I think the other big thing is, is really it's painting a picture. Uh, what, what are we going to see happening and changing in this industry in the next uh, next five years? And it's a lot more data, heavy heavy uh, in, uh, workloads and information within the within the industry, and you know, with an eye on that AI stuff coming coming through. So, you know, if 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 you're looking for for where to move in the industry yet next, it's it's get on top of information handling, and that's. Uh, that's going to be you know, a core part of everybody's job, more and more so as we move forward. Agree, agree. And, you know, shout out to folks like Martin Paber for pushing it in the UK, yeah. you know, data analytics, etc. He's, he's a he's a huge uh, advocate for pushing it. So um, I definitely think there is a lot of space. And I think, you know, a lot of people think or aware or know that this is what we should be doing. But what the survey does is bring together the collective view of the industry. And that's, I think, more powerful than just, you know, perhaps sitting in your team or your, your virtual team, just a few of you talking about it, actually the whole industry and what's happening um, with it. But I know Val loves AI. So I'm going to hand to him to peel back all the layers and go down all those rabbit holes. And yes, see if there's any questions Adam can't answer, answer Val. <laughs> I know. He's good. Uh, I look. I I think there's a there's interesting forces at play in the marketplace, in particular. You know, that's that's kind of forcing us to reassess how we manage projects using using technology, right? I think one of them is the way government is mandating new projects. They're 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 kind of becoming an educated client, if you like, in the technology space. So you know, UK is a perfect example on the BIM kind of side of things. But AI as well, I think, is going to be going through that same transformation as well. But I also think. There's a bit of a Netflix blockbuster scenario going to happen in construction in particular and in other industries where they're going to have to adopt technology to stay relevant and competitive. And that's really exciting, I think, for people who are in the technology space who you know, love project controls and, and the things that we do because there is a massive transition from the old to the new, which is not easy, right? Yeah. And I, I always wonder when I, because I, you know, I, I was like, a, I was like Bryn, I was, I was kind of a light touch AI guy. You know, I appreciated it, but I didn't go near it because it, it sounded dangerous. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people think like that. I think they think that it's it's very complicated and and to a degree it is. Depends how many layers you get under. But from what I could understand, it was no different than any other computer situation. It just it it had a a, a bigger backing in terms of computational power and had more insight into what credit might predicate a forecasted future so the idea i think or the premise i thought was really cool about ai was would it tell me something i didn't already know about something that hasn't happened yet if that makes sense mm. and so i think the fact that you've got this in the survey is fantastic again i, I should i should shout out that this is a, a qualitative survey so this is people's opinions and like you said everyone you know you didn't force anyone through your views of what ai was which i think is really really lovely to do because their interpretation of AI is important as well. Um, but what about machine learning and AI? Is that, do you draw a line in your, in, in your own kind of, I guess, assessment of the qualitative nature of this survey? Or do you think you just bundle them all under AI because at um, some point we'll be working for machines? <laughs> well, I think for the, the, for the purposes of the, the, the survey, um, to, to try and pick the difference would have been, you know, probably a bit futile. Uh, yeah, the, the level of understanding, even within the technology industry, of where those lines are, is is pretty blurred. So, yeah, I think AI as a broad broad term is probably the, the only way we could have gone that would have made any sense. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. On on do do we have a, a future for pre, you know predictive analysis in in construction? I think the answer is inevitably yes at some point. But again, I I think really where where I I would be more confident in, in focusing AI and, and, and harnessing some of that is, is probably on the, the, the assistive side of what we do in construction and, uh, and project controls. So I probably don't want uh, a computer to, to predict or, or plan my, my delivery schedule yet um, for me, but I'd certainly yeah. be you know, happy to have AI you know, do some data collection and and you know marking up a you know a drawing uh, for, for, to categorize what sort of you know building materials you need or something like that. You know, it, it's not it's not critical to to delivery, but it's certainly an assistive technology at that point. And I think that's probably about where I would see the construction industry being most ready to to you know utilize some of that information right now. Yeah, you can see how that sort of builds on itself, I guess, in terms of again, just building building trust in this sort of this unknown uh, or sort of semi unknown uh, semi unknown thing for for many of us. So uh, you know, so as people as people put their trust in it, and they kind of go, oh, it's working pretty well. They sort of they trust it to do other other things as well. So it sort of it encouraged the embracing piece. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you remember like uh, like the Alexas or the Google speakers, right? I think this was the this is the start of machine learning encroaching on our lives without us knowing it, or maybe smartphones. But, but do you remember like when they first came out, they were real weird, right? When you had, a, you went over a friend's place and he started talking to his speaker, you're like, what's wrong with this guy? And then, and then now everybody's got them, but they don't just have them in one room. They got them in all rooms and they got them synchronized and they got them syndicated. And these are people that don't understand machines. <laughs> Probably can't turn on the microwave or the washing machine, but they can, they can sync their speakers. And the funny thing is it syncs with everything else. So this IoT world is very interesting. And, you know, I think just in general, I think young people come out of the womb, not with an iPad, but with the ability to understand what an iPad does. Like if I see my kids and Ben, maybe you're the same and Adam, their understanding of technology is so much different to where we come from because we didn't have it when we grew up. And, you know, I said this on a previous pod, I think it was the last pod, Dale, where I... I looked at some of the guys coming out of uni and they're fantastic, right? Data scientists, data engineers, bright sparks, and they go into construction and they're just like, what is going on here? What is this? <laughs> they don't understand what to do with it. And the, the great thing about that is you can teach them uh, the rules of the game. So project controls and PMO and kind of what we're doing from a workflow perspective, but they will, they will turn it into something technical by default almost so so they will work in this dimensional space and i think you know is that interesting i mean one of the questions i had from that so i am going somewhere with this Bryn, i promise and adam is sound like me down what oh, sorry exactly i know yeah so what is what is the age group or the demographic of the people if you had that information from the survey was it did you find it was a lot of you know just all over the spectrum or was it just young people was it just old people something in the middle i don't know that we're allowed to ask yeah, are you not allowed to ask? No, well, actually, in fairness, we don't. So, 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 um, oh. so, um, I don't think we, we can. Uh, we can't give you stats on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we might actually Next have to survey. look into whether or not we can. Yeah. So it would be so yeah. interesting to sort of see what is the spectrum yeah. we're seeing. But, Surely yeah. you can. I mean, I, I get uh, we get Spotify analytics for the for the podcast, for example, and it gives us a full you know, kind of spread of. I mean, they're they're doing it. 
So uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, we, we can, we can. I'm, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably in interview world. So, so yeah, no, you're no, right. I'm, okay. I'm sure we can ask okay. him just to get the, uh, just to get the stats and stuff. Because you're right, it is that's that. It. Uh, yeah, yeah. Admit your age. We want to know how old you are. Not that that's a problem, but I think it's an interesting stat attached to maybe some of the ways you respond. Yeah. So, would it be interesting to see how a twenty-something-year-old would respond to that survey versus someone? who's been in the business or maybe it's just the years, the number of years they've been in the business, like in project controls or in big projects or construction or whatever it is, that would be interesting too. Um, but I've kind of got off subject of AI cause I think, you know, we could go around and around on that, but you know, I, I'm not going to topple Adam here. He knows what he's talking about. I wanted to talk about something else. Um, I, I knew we had some some really, really interesting topics, um, but digital. So you've got a lot of digital information in your survey. And I love how you've broken that out. So there's some, there's some few areas there. There's 4D and 5D planning and BIM. And we can go into that in a second. Uh, but you also talk about AI, which we did cover. And then we talked about BI performance dashboards uh, in your survey. Um, I might start with BI performance dashboards. And for anyone who doesn't know, and tell me if I'm wrong, BI is business intelligence. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yes. Good. I passed. All right. Um, I did. And <laughs> And is that related to, like, is that an old handle? I just wanted to know. Or is that something that's just kind of carried over from a, from a previous life, like BIM, where everyone hates the terminology, but it's stuck? Because uh, business intelligence is very ambiguous. Mm. Uh, I know the answer to that. Adam, do you know? Uh, I, I, to be honest, it's probably more just a, a hangover than, than a specific choice that we made. Uh, yeah, I mean, business intelligence, um, management information, analytics, there's so many different ways you can sort of, yeah classify it but again you know uh, i think we're going just for that thrust of of understanding of of we're talking about reporting and but it's probably a bit more than just churning out a report so who is yeah, naming me, this stuff we're gonna stop this that's a, yeah i mean i that's a, for me it's sort of i i, I always find, sort of find myself sort of picking myself up when i'm referring to reporting because reporting just feels so uh yeah retrospective do you know what i mean and it's kind of like that, yes. that's not what we're here to do we're here to we're here to help people deliver these projects we're here to help people make decisions about the forward stuff and, and i know and, and effectively report does that as well but i still feel like there's this mentality that reporting is all about just looking back and and so i said so for me the need to sort of give it a different badge and i'm, I'm terrible for badges because I'm, I'm forever sort of going yeah that's a good one we'll come up with that and we'll use that one for a bit type thing and some, it won't be my idea it'll be something else i picked up from someone else but uh, um, but I just sort of think it's sort of, I just, it's, it's an enabler of enabling us to sort of talk about it in, in a different sense and to, to highlight the people that this is always about, you know, looking back to look forward, not just about looking back basically. So, yeah. So I, I think you had a great, you had a great stat in this. Um, I've just lost it now. I skipped it, but it was something around um, the overall time to, I think, report or develop or analyze the reports is that right and yeah, oh, here it is i found it again time yeah. spent gathering versus analyzing data that's a yeah. cool stat i won't i won't give it away but uh what what's the intent with the with your conversation on your understanding of pi dashboards do you feel like from that kind of stat there do you feel like we spend too much time generating lagging lagging indicators let's call them or reports that are in the past that don't have any value on anything that we can really change um, in the future? Uh, I, for, for, for me, I mean, it's always been a bit of a bugbear is, is when you walk into to large projects and programs and you say, right, 
when you close off your, your, your reporting period. When is the report out the door? And uh, I've, I've been on projects where, where the time it took to complete the report generation cycle was longer than an entire calendar reporting period. So they're actually burying themselves in, in reports and, and uh, could never actually stay on top of you know, what it is that those reports are even there to do, which was to give them an insight as to where they were and do something actionable you know, in, in, a, in a short period of time. So, you know, and that was all down to, to the, the process, but also, you know, the technology they were using and how they then surface that information. So, you know, if you're spending more of your time turning the handle on, on uh, copying and pasting, correcting the Excel errors, doing this and that and, and, and formatting it versus looking at what that report told you and doing something about it, yeah, that, that was sort of what we were trying, trying to get at is, is where are you on that spectrum? And, and then did that have any leading or, 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 or correlating, uh, correlation to, to the success of your projects? So um, I think it's fair to say, if you actually spend time doing something actionable rather than just generating a report, you will be more successful. And that's really what that was all, all, all there to, to try and prove on, on that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's another one that you sort of see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd like to go around the, the table with all four of us here, actually, because actually, the, again, the amount of the amount of organisations that still are using sort of, you know, hundred page, hundred page sort of uh, month end reports and the likes that that, you know, take tens of people to basically pull pull all that information together over over several weeks, type thing, massive amounts of efforts and stuff, and then you'll have it. Then it'll be presented at a presented at a, at a month end meeting. You'd be lucky if the team spent half an hour going through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a detailed person, so I can't stand that. My ability to sort of comprehend what's in a 100-page report is, is not going to be there. So, so we actually, you know, make it more succinct and make it more, you know, highlight what the key issues are and, 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 and the likes to enable me to get my head around it, to enable me to know where I need to focus and, and which decisions I need to make and the likes is, is where I need to be. And it just it's amazing how many projects are still a long way away from that. Yeah, completely agree. And then I, I, I can, oh, I can definitely tell why now the integrated project controls survey and digital insights is only 13 pages. So it's perfect. That makes sense because Bryn doesn't like hundred page reports. So perfect. <laughs> I, I actually think as well, you're hundred percent right, but I think the calendar absolutely destroys us because there's, there's two layers of reporting and maybe Dale can give us insight because he does work in a heavy reporting industry, but uh, you know, the, there's the business as usual reporting where you do the two weeks of updates and two weeks of analyzing and pumping out reports. That's your month gone. And then some wise chap, some director decides that he wants other types of reports on top of those reports. And those reports can't come out until the, the standard reports are out because you need those reports to draw insights. So you end up in this kind of compounded, always late, a lot of issues because they're forced areas, aren't they? And you then sit there and you sit in a room and for however long they like to do it, they decide on what they can't control and you have a whole bunch of actions for the next, for the next meeting. And I think reporting is one of those things. I think AI and machine learning or any automation in that space mm. is coming and, and it's going to be really valuable. And, and that's why I think BI. So when we say BI for any other listeners who don't know, we're probably talking in your language around power BI, Tableau, yeah. Cognos analytics, you yeah. know, um, kind of engines that will manage the, the data sets for you and transform them in a way that you can understand them. Everybody yeah. loves dashboards now, don't they, Bryn? They do, especially people like me. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just think for me, it's it's just a, 
it's, you know, it's, it seems so obvious. Uh, but and I think I think that's the thing. I think when people when people when when people see it and see see uh, um, yeah see a dashboard a dashboard solution rather than a, rather than the hundred page report, they they actually they're, they're very quick to sort of uh, under you know to sort of shift the focus to going over there. And more and more these days that we just from from our business perspective, we're getting lots more work in this space because actually because actually because visibility that's getting out there people are seeing it and kind of going i want that type thing that that's yeah yeah so anyway yes i love a dashboard <laughs> i think adam, the, adam, did you have something to say yeah i think well i think that the other the other one which is, is a bit of a sort of personal interest area for me is, is actually what's happening below that that pretty dashboard at the front end actually that pipeline between where where that information came from and how it got there there's there's a lot that can happen within the, the, the industry to, to improve that situation. And it's sort of an underappreciated element of it. Um, you know, it's not just about picking up the uh, Power BI and, and it all magically works. You need good information sources and, and you know, potentially a data warehouse and, and all that stuff. So um, the tool sets around how you can employ those within the, the construction industry. Um, it's going to be a massive area of opportunity for for you know people in, in the coming years. I think to to enable you know simple, simplified, faster, you know, cleaner reporting in, in general. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I do think, and then we did mention Martin Paver, but you know, I think you know there's a really important piece that we play in projects in this generation is this data custodianship piece. If we want machine learning and AI, I think you're right, Adam. We need to get the data right. We need to get the quality right. That throughput is super important because you can always you can always bolt on a dashboard to a false set of numbers, a false set of reports, poor error. You know, it doesn't change doesn't change the the input if you like. So the inputs still just as important and that governance as well. But I'm going to get Dale in because he's been sitting there listening to us. Yes. We're on about all sorts of. He loves it. He does love it. Uh, but Dale, get in there. No, I do love it. I was just thinking you know there's two ways to increase the analyzing proportion um, one is either to get the tools to decrease the gathering or two to get more people in to do more analyzing um, and then i was thinking well if you have the finite business rhythm as you're talking about well you can't really get more people in that same space because you need the data gathered before you can analyze it mm. and then i was going back on well at organizational level have they actually costed up the how much it actually costs for people to gather that data versus how much yeah. how quickly a machine would do that? Do we have that type of data in this report, Britt? Um, actually, I don't know that we cover it specifically, but I, I can like I can give one ex one specific example sort of jumped in my head at the moment is I think we're actually it, it's not a it's it's yeah it's it's not a at the moment, we spend a certain amount of money on 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 a project controls team. Say, yeah, as part of as part of the delivery, uh, and and so so that's we've got that, yeah, and that's a sort of it, we've got a sort of a finite team. And what we're finding is when when we automate when we get things working well and we automate the processes, uh, and, and automate the sort of the, the integration of the systems and the report production, um, we're able to we're not only able to sort of decrease. The size of the, the team that's actually doing the work, but but it, we're equally able with the remaining team, we're equally able to spend more time doing the analysis. So we can save time or save save money in terms of the size of the team, and we can do what we actually should be doing as part of that role with 
is sort of analysing the information so we can so we can basically present information to the leadership team to sort of say, look, we've got a problem coming up here. We've we've spotted it. We've we've done some sort of thinking around it, and this is this is the options for what we can do to 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 resolve that problem. So we're kind of helping helping that whole process of delivery for less cost um, because of less people, basically. Yeah. Anecdotally, I've, I've looked at sort of doing, you know, a bit of a time and motion kind of study for, for how, you know, a larger organization, I won't name which ones, um, uh, ran their reporting cycle. You know, a lot of it was Excel based and, and, and manual copy pasting versus what that could look like if you, if you automated at least part of it. Uh, and I, I came out with some pretty scary numbers around you know, potentially there was you know, a couple of million pounds a year in in labor savings alone uh, just for for you know, un, you know unforced errors on, on copy and pasting getting cells wrong and stuff like that um you know the the labor the throwing it at the the reporting problem is is often not going to be the answer um you know getting it right and getting it through quickly is is you know orders of magnitude better if we can get it um but it's about uh, you know how how do you make that happen and, and trust the the outcomes that are coming through that that process is is the the challenge that we have to, to get over to, to get there yeah i think so i think agree sorry yeah. oh just yeah if i can build on that though because i think i think there's a and val, val kind of touched on it before as well which is the the the, the data quality versus that you know you gotta get the data quality right because otherwise you know crap in crap out type thing but but my view is actually, I think it's important that we kind of, we, we focus on both getting the, the data quality right in, in parallel with actually trying to present that data better because, because actually one will enable the other. So if we, if we basically, if we present information in a more succinct manner so that people can get their heads around it, it will very quickly pull out where data is being, where there's erroneous data being being put in there. Whereas at the moment, and, and again, in big fat reports, it's very hard to, you can't see the wood for the trees. So you can't, you can't see that, you can't see that data. It's very easy to hide um, poor data or, or erroneous data. Whereas actually, if you, if you make a, a leadership team and, 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 and the managers delivering the project, more, you know, if you present that information more clearly to them, then actually it, 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 it will, it will, they'll be more interested in it. They'll look harder in it. Uh, and that in itself will drive a culture of, oh, I better get this right, or I better, you know, I need to make sure that the data quality is right because actually now they're actually looking at making making decisions off the back of these reports. So, so let's do it in parallel, is my view. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with you. It, you know, it becomes less of a show and tell. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where this is the data, this is what the data is telling us. You haven't written a report from your perspective. Um, you know, why is it different to what you believe is happening? And it's, it's a great, I think it's a great leveler in a way, because you do have people that are particularly good um, project managers, controls people at telling a story and selling and making it, believe, making it believable, even though it may not be the full story, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think what data does and what you're talking about shows you the full spectrum and say, make your own mind up of what this is telling us and let's have an open conversation. So it, peels back that layer of trans transparency but i do want to move on to and make some time for 4d planning and bim and 5d bim um and just a shout out i was reading the obviously the, the early copy you gave us uh, to marco for sender good friend he's got a quote in there the increase of bim slash 4d planning used in projects shows that there are great benefits in tool integration 
but still some ground has to be covered before it can be used more widely. Now, you wouldn't have put that in there unless you agree with that sentiment, Bryn. Um, but before we jump into it, for those that have never heard of BIM, B-I-M, if you don't understand my accent, um, what is it and why is it in the report? Should I test you, Bryn? Yeah, we'll probably <laughs> test me. Uh, so, so, so from... So we've sort of wrapped it up. Uh, we've we've wrapped it up in in both the because traditionally we sort of talk four D planning, I think, and uh, and and five D BIM, and, and we sort of wanted to sort of bring the two to uh, the bring the two together a little bit here. So, um, so and I have to I have to say thank you to uh, thank you to Marco and, and and several others as well who were sort of happy to be quoted within the uh, in the survey this year. It was one of the things we did want to sort of bring industry into it a little bit more. So it wasn't it wasn't just the logical. Uh, the logical sort of uh, voice of, of the thousand people that sort of gave it to us, but it was, uh, but you know, others were coming in and sort of, uh, yeah, coming in and reinforcing it as well. So, um, so, so in terms of, uh, in terms of what it is when we're talking in that 4D space, obviously it's just bringing together the, uh, the, the schedule and the, and the, and the 3D, uh, the 3D uh, design model itself. Uh, it, it's obviously, it's a, a massive enabler of, I think, for me, again, it's, it's a, from a leadership perspective, actually enabling a leadership team to visualise progress uh, through the, the visualisation of a design model being sort of built up or a digital model being built up uh, is, is very powerful compared to getting them to try to understand the Gantt chart or uh, whatever the case might be. So, so from, from that perspective, that's, um, yeah, and it was amazing to sort of see the step change in the, uh, the, the number of people that have actually uh, Actually, there was a number of projects that are actually using uh, 4D BIM this year as well. There was a, a massive, uh, a massive step up, which was also really positive. Yeah, that is interesting. Adam, do you want to jump in there and comment? Yeah, um, no, uh, definitely, definitely a, a, a surprising you know step in in the, the number of projects utilizing 4D specifically. Uh, I think BIM is is another you know, interesting one. It's been going over the years with. Uh, a bit of a struggle for everyone to actually understand what is it even, um, but uh, but yeah. So, so then start talking. You know, we, we have projects now that are are doing five D BIM. They've integrated the schedule. They've got the the four D model. It's now integrated with cost and and potentially you know they're using it for progress markups. They're using it for for automated takeoffs and estimation in the first place. You know, it's incredible where that's uh, going in the in the project delivery space. But I think actually the other thing that, that uh, I think Brendan and I have talked about this before is, is have people lost sight of where BIM was actually intended to go in the first place in that, which is it's the longer term, term operation and management of that, that, that building uh, for the rest of its life. So yeah, it's uh, the question I, you know, or the challenge in that space is have we in or during the project delivery phase, are we actually keeping an eye on, on what, what are their information needs and are we, uh, are we structuring the information we capture now with an eye to, to where that information needs to go later. So I think yeah, that, that's something that, that does need to be looked at as well. Um, because actually, whilst there's some value for us as, as the project delivery professionals to have 5D BIM and all that, the greater amount of value for BIM and what it will do for the industry is actually at the end of its life, not necessarily during project construction. So, uh, I think that's the operational phase. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's that's one that that you know that there's a lot more to see and 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 happen in, in that space. Uh, in, in, again, in the next five to ten years. 
Yeah, that is that is awesome. We spoke to Christina Henkai a couple of episodes ago um, yeah. on this, and she actually said, you know, I think Val was agreeing as well. It needs a rebrand because it sounds, it might sound a little bit, a little bit boring, and she calls it visual planning. And mm -hmm. so you actually have this, you know, this 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 image of people standing around, either whether it's a hologram or you know, 3D glasses or whatever the case may be, talking about cost schedule and and, and the works, and how you know construction might might happen and 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 be delivered um so so it is really really interesting but um i want to know in terms of um the future of this because i know bren when we spoke to you last time there's a there's a there's a company out there that just offers BIM freely they're called logical um <laughs> you mentioned last time you know whether clients want it or not you apply it and yeah. the, you know can 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 you give some insight as to what the reaction is when you say well whether you want it or not, we're going to give it to you. Uh, if, if I'm honest, uh, we've uh, we haven't we haven't actually followed through on that as much as we, <laughs> as, as much as I would have liked. So uh, uh, thanks for the reminder. No, but it is it is for me. It's a little bit the same. It's the same point, and I will continue to push it, and it's still on my agenda. I, I will I'll, I'll push forward on it, but uh, I don't like to say and not do. So so for me, it's yeah. The reason I the reason I was saying that because I do think it's the when when people see it, it's a little like the dashboards that comment that I made before. When people see it. They kind of go, this is bloody awesome, you know, and, and it really helps me understand what all of this data is actually uh, is actually trying to say. So that visualization piece is just just makes the world so much uh, so much easier, and that's why I was particularly keen to uh, particularly sort of keen just to, to offer it so people actually saw it and kind of and then and then uh, and did it. So we're not the reason behind the step up that you've seen in this year's survey, unfortunately, but uh, it's on our agenda and we'll keep pushing it. But but you will be in next year's results. Um, so. Yeah, we, we've heard it twice now, Val. It's been recorded twice, uh, logically. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got it on record now and transcribed <laughs> so, yeah. and on YouTube. So. <laughs> no, no. I think it's important. I do think that's sort of, for me, that's sort of, uh, it, it, it will be coming in over and stuff. And, and, and the point that you're uh, one, of, one of the past sort of uh, the lady that you mentioned before, sorry, I've forgotten her name, but uh, the, the fact yeah. that it's, for me, it's all about the visualization piece. And uh, yeah. that that's a massive, that's one of the massive benefits during the, during, during construction and delivery of the projects. But as Adam was inferring, the, the BIM itself is, is, is extremely valuable from an operational perspective once, once you get into that phase. Yeah. So, and and, and from, from that, just due to the duration of, of, of the life of the asset, largely, um, and, and I sort of see ourselves as, a, in addition to sort of leveraging it to help construct and deliver the jobs better, actually, we're also an enabler of getting to the end of the job with a, with a, with a digital asset that largely matches what you've built. Uh, such that it can then transfer into the operational world and be leveraged even further from uh, from that point. Yeah, and the, the the project controls team within your, your your construction project is you know pretty pretty well focused on the information management as it is. So to 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 be part of championing that side of the 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 information collection and capture is it, it probably is a natural fit within most organisations. So I think that'll be something that we'll see you know, becoming the responsibility of the controls team as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's incredibly hard to convince people um, when they don't want to be convinced that, you know, this technology, this methodology helps um, when there's so much evidence out there that it does. And so I really admire you, Bryn, in saying, actually, well, we'll whether you want it or not, we'll, we'll look to, to bring it in and, and show you how much value it actually does add. Um, so, so it is really, really important, I think. So rounding it off, though, are there any sort of... Um, other areas of the report that you you'd like to cover in terms of 
anything particularly interesting that hasn't sort of been uh, shared in, in previous versions, new questions that, that potentially gave us some interesting angles on anything, Bryn? Uh, from, from my perspective, uh, 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 it's, Adam made the point earlier, and I guess I'd probably just sort of round it back to it. And that that is that there's a lot of there's a lot of fantastic technology and and uh, and, and the likes that's uh, that's that's going to help us move forward as an industry. There's a lot of as, as Val was saying, there's a lot of fantastic young talent that's going to come in and help that change uh, and deliver that as well. Um, I, I sort of think, but, but what we we just have to make sure as an industry though, in addition to embracing that and cracking on on that front, we've got to focus on get, getting the uh, get, getting the basics right as well. So getting those the, the fundamentals in place to enable good data to be captured uh, and then leverage through all that clever stuff and clever people as they're coming through is, uh, is, is for me is a key one. So, so as much as we'll move more into that digital space as part of the, as part of the survey piece, um, you know, project controls will always will always sort of be at the foundation of it because it's, it's you know it's at the heart of sort of pulling it all together and, and getting it all you know integrated and uh, integrated and, and, and honest. I guess is, is sort of the drive. So yeah, good thoughts, Adam. What was your favourite stat to come out of this report? Uh, well, again, I think the the eighty twenty one sort of high up there. That's sort of close to my heart. Uh, but I think the other interesting one uh, is is really just around that focus that we're going to see in the industry in the next few years on um, system implementation, system integration, information management. Uh, we saw a stat come through uh, that in the next two years, 20% uh, of the respondents said that they're going to be focusing on doing systems implementations. That's up from 7% the year before. Like, yeah, there's it's probably got something to do with COVID and the fact that di digital sort of working has, has become an increased focus, mm -hmm. but just, you know, that's a massive jump in a year uh, for where the, the year, focus yeah. within the industry is shifting and information management is, it's going to be big. So we've got to, got to keep, a, keep an eye on that, I think. Awesome. Awesome. So we are coming to a part of the podcast where I think, Bryn, last time we had you on, we did take you through Tenor, which is a quick pop quiz. The questions have changed slightly and we have shortened down to Fiverr. Um, so they're five questions, quick, quick five questions. Um, so if you're ready, we'll go through that and we'll go in the order of Adam to answer first and then Bryn, if that's okay. That works. That okay. works. Awesome. Question one, would you rather spend your day with people or technology? Uh, still going to be people. Brent? Uh, I would say people, but, but it is, it's very easy to get excited and, and, and get, uh, get excited by technology as well. So I do like people. I'll, I'll go people as well, but uh, yeah, there's a part of me that wants to say tech. So. <laughs> it's, a tough, it's a tough one. Question two, what's more important, time, cost, or quality? Adam? Oh no, I'm panicking. <laughs> let's say, let's oh. say, uh, cost. I don't like. I don't like that answer as I say it. <laughs> it's, it's the one that always wins, though. It is. I, I always like to sort of say, it's, you know, time is money. So, so on the on the and the space that we're in, I think again, slightly biased because we we grew into the world of controls from a from a from a planning and, and time perspective basically so I feel like there's a lot of people that are coming to it from a cost perspective but we're one of the few that have come in from a time perspective and 
and and therefore we under, we understand the importance of cost, but we but we equally or more so perhaps understand the importance of time. So so I, I have to say time. Interesting, interesting. Question three: What is the best book you've been gifted? Oh, um, I wasn't gifted, but I was made to read a book called um, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance at University. Big favorite. Um, it's uh, quite an interesting one, but very heavy to read. Nice. Brent? I have to pass. Can I pass on this? Only because I don't think I've read a bloody book since we last did this, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I can't say the same answer as last time. So, uh, yeah, I'll give, you, I'm a, um, I'll give you an easy one, Brent. What's your favorite podcast? You guys, oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> uh, not leading the witness at all there, Val. Not, uh, at, question... all, not at all. Smooth, smooth hour. Question four. What is the biggest mistake you've made on a project? Um, I accidentally, well, I, I, it wasn't me directly, but uh, we uh, are a, a project that we're on uh, sent letters to dead people. What? <laughs> <laughs> holy cow can you, can you embellish on that or you can't embellish? i'm curious um, uh, there were it was an it project uh they were trying to clear migrate a, a bunch of users to a new system uh, and they were trying to maximize the number of users that they could get into the new system they had a, a, a list of potentially no longer alive clients that were still paying their bills we said very carefully to the, to the developers do not just send a letter. Um, you're going to have to very tactfully contact the, the, the next respondents and try and confirm what's happening with this account. And something got lost in communications. They sent the letter. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Brent? Nice. Yeah. Um, Can you top actually, that? I would, no, I can't top that. Uh, but, but I would sort of say, I think, I think probably, probably my biggest failing on a, on a project was, was letting, uh, was on a, was on a project down here in Oz actually back in, uh, back in uh, 2011. And I, uh, I, I let optimism, uh, I had optimism bias in terms of the possibility, uh, the fact that we could achieve a, achieve an end date, which, which, which the data was saying that we couldn't. And then, and, and then I was sort of torn between trying to, get everyone believing and pushing and driving towards towards you know towards still trying to achieve that date and, and just keeping the foot on the on the accelerator type thing and and uh, uh when i knew the data was when i knew the data was sort of saying the opposite so that was probably the uh the biggest my biggest mistake awesome last one what profession other than your own would you like to have attempted um I, I like the idea of being a pilot a long time ago. I'll still enjoy flying. That'd be a, a, a fun one. Nice, Brent. That would be as in as in a jet pilot, Adam, or just a, uh, a, a just a, a, a what sort of plane? Oh, any with an engine is probably the first preference. I see. Very good. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I could uh, I could. Uh, I would do, uh, yeah, I would do, uh, actually, I always used to like the idea of going to be a dive, uh, dive master. So you uh, uh, do, a, do a bit of diving with, uh, with various people. So I'll, uh, I'll pick that one. Nice, nice. Gentlemen, thank you for having a bit of fun at the end there. Um, you know, there's so much in this survey, the report, the output, the insights into digital, you know, everything around diversity and inclusivity, et cetera. Thank you, as Val said at the top of it, for, you know, 
putting this together year after year and, and providing it to the industry because it's hugely, hugely insightful. Um, and folks look out for it. We'll work with Bryn and Adam to get the links out as well. Um, so you can get a copy in your hands. Before we end the podcast, though, uh, any final thoughts? I'll start with you, Adam. Um, no, I, I think uh, I, Bryn said it as well. Um, for me, you know, tech space is great, particularly within the construction industry. But it all comes down to, to the fundamentals that we do day in, day out um, with, with our jobs. And, and that's the, the, where actually we'll, we'll make the biggest gains and the biggest advances within the industry is, is continuing to improve upon how we manage information and the processes that we use. So, you know, uh, that, that's probably my greatest focus even within this space is, is how do we continue to get that right and, and, and get better at it um, each job that we go to. Awesome. Awesome. Bryn, final thoughts from you? Uh, I'm going to make my final thoughts about you guys. So, so thank you to you guys. It was, uh, it was, it was a nice, uh, nice change for us actually just to be uh, to be launching this with, uh, with yourselves rather than just on our, just on our own sims. So, um, so yeah, no, so thank you for pro providing a platform and providing a voice and, and, and actually being prepared to sort of uh, uh, share this, uh, share this uh, survey uh, as, as well. So much appreciated. Thank you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. So, so thank you as well. Val, final thoughts from you. Yeah, well, I, I just want to say thanks to you, gentlemen. I mean, I, I really love the the Project Control Survey, what it stands for. We love to support it. Obviously, we'll continue supporting as much as we can, uh, getting the notice out there and pushing the passion back into the profession. I was thinking about that while you were talking. Through. So please check out the Project Control Survey, the largest in the world so far. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback as well. If there's things that you think that should be in there, I think these gentlemen would love to have that feedback loop as well. So if you want to use our, our pages or get in touch with Bryn or Adam, please do and give them the feedback that they need to make the survey all that more valuable. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks, Val. And Val, you know I like correcting you. It's the Integrated Project Here Controls and Digital <laughs> Insights Report. It's too long. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite long it is quite long that's probably my fault let squeeze it all in so. no, we'll, we'll, it's project controls yeah. we'll make an acronym out of it somehow exactly but, um, yeah it's been awesome so folks that's all the time we have remember to hit subscribe before you go a massive thank you to Bryn Lockett and Adam Kingsbury and thank you all for listening till next time we say stay safe be disruptive and have fun doing it from me and Val it is bye for now for more information, blogs, or to support our charities, visit projectchatterpodcast.com. And if you would like to sponsor the podcast, get in touch via our website. You can also leave us a voice message via our anchor page and let us know if there's something or someone specific that you would like on the podcast. Views, thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the participating individuals and not necessarily to the individual's employer, organization, committee or other group or individual. Additionally, any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company or individual.